What makes a good pediatrician? What is this new program for medical students called EPAC? What future changes are in store for the pediatric residency program at Priming Children's Hospital? Today on Talking Admissions and Med Student Life. Helping you prepare for one of the most rewarding careers in the world. This is Talking Admissions and Med Student Life with your host, the Dean of Admissions at the University of Utah School of Medicine, Dr. Benjamin Chan. Well, welcome to another edition of Talking Med Admissions and Med Student Life. I've got a great guest today. I'm with Dr. Jim Bale, uh, Program Director for the Pediatric Program. So uh, to start off with, Dr. Bale, how did you yourself get interested in pediatrics? Well, it's a bit of a long story because uh, I'll go way back. I really was probably interested at, in pediatrics from the time that I started medical school. And that came, I guess, from, as many do, their interactions with their own personal pediatrician. I like this person, and my mother was a nurse. My mother wanted me to be a physician, and that fortunately worked out well in the end, and uh, pediatrics was where I landed. It was reinforced by the experiences I had in medical school, and it was terrific. And how did you come to this position? How did you get in charge of the program? Well, I came to Utah many years ago to do my pediatric residency and really enjoyed the time here. I was in on the faculty at the University of Iowa for many years, and Dr. Ed Clark became chair of the Department of Pediatrics in about 1996. I'd known Ed in Iowa, and uh, for that reason, and because my wife's a laboratorian and worked at ARUP, we ended up back here. And when this position became open about 10 years ago, I saw that it was a perfect blend of my interests, my interest in teaching, my interest in administration, and frankly, my desire to mentor Mm -hmm. and to encourage people to enjoy pediatrics and to learn. Excellent. I know there's an exciting new program that's recently started here called EPAC. Can you tell me more about that? Well, EPAC is really now the collaboration of four medical schools around the country. It involves Utah, Colorado, UCSF in San Francisco and Minnesota, and it really is a desire to relook at how we train pediatricians. The underlying concept of this is to begin to use a system of evaluation called entrustable professional activities, and I'll say more about that in a little bit, but to really begin to think about blurring the distinction between the traditional time-based education, which is four years of medical school followed by three or more years of postgraduate residency fellowship training, to begin to think about it as a continuum and to begin to weave in many of the concepts that we want to see in our residents and ultimately in our pediatricians much earlier in the training. The hope eventually would be to say, well, let's look at what all of medical training is, and perhaps we can find ways to make it shorter, to make it more efficient, to make it focused really on those things that we really need to know to do our job effectively. So what an entrustable professional activity is are really those kinds of things that pediatricians do. An example is examine a newborn infant. And if you think of all the skills and knowledge that need to go into that, They include things like communications, an understanding of systems so that you can make sure that the infant gets the right kind of immunizations later on, an understanding of medical knowledge so that we can recognize when things aren't going well. Is this a sick infant or is this a well infant? Those are very important abilities Mm -hmm. that pediatricians must have. Mm -hmm. It's essential. It's like the core of what they do. That's exactly right. That's what EPAs are. Mm -hmm. It's really the core Mm -hmm. of what we need to know and do. So is this a program for like... First-year med students right off the bat when they start medical school? Well, what we're doing here is really modeled after many of the programs, and we're looking at students right from the get-go in their first year. We're introducing them to what pediatrics is all about through a process called EPAC Explore, Mm -hmm. and then those students will begin to self-identify their interest in pediatrics, and when they've self-identified that interest, we will then bring them into a next group called EPAC Focus. Mm -hmm. And EPAC Focus will begin kind of at the traditional time point of about the beginning of the second year of medical school, where they will now begin to get longitudinal experiences in an outpatient clinic where they will see children with a seasoned, experienced pediatrician who will guide them. 
And then ultimately what we will do, and this is one of the very unique aspects of the whole EPAC program, is at about the end of the second year of medical school, we will identify another cohort who will then ultimately be part of our residency program here at the University of Utah. That's fantastic. I know. So I go out and do a lot of presentations all across the state. I do orientation for all our applicants to our med school. And one of the big draws is Primary Children's Hospital. I always make the joke that there is no shortage of children in this state. And as such, we have some of the best pediatric care in the country. And I know we get a lot of medical students who are very interested right at the start of medical school in pediatrics. And it sounds like this is a great program to kind of track them and kind of uh, tail it to their interests. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And what, what we're doing with EPAC Explore is really that, exploring the elements of what it is to be a pediatrician. We have pediatricians who are clinician educators. Mm-hmm. We have people who are terrific clinicians in practice, whether it's hospital-based, outpatient. And we have terrific subspecialists who mm-hmm. teach and do research and do many different things. And then ultimately, we also have people out in the community who become advocates for children, who work with our state legislature, for example, to create the kinds of legislations that really support health. Mm-hmm. And that's something that pediatricians get to do. So we're really working with the students, interacting with them to show all of these aspects, partly to find out is pediatrics really for them, mm-hmm. but also to tell them all about the wondrous and at times truly amazing things that physicians and pediatricians can do in the world. That sounds amazing. And kind of talking more about the program here, year after year, because I sit on these committee meetings and And we always get feedback. And year after year, the med students tell us that the Glasgow team during their third year is one of the most positive experiences here at the University of Utah School of Medicine and Primary Children's Hospital. Can you tell me more about uh, the Glasgow team, Dr. Bell? Well, the Glasgow team, to give you just a historical background, is really to honor Lowell Glasgow, who was actually the department chair when I was a resident here many years ago. Mm. And the Glasgow team really now gives students the opportunity to be physicians. Now, obviously, we do it in a very guided and well-supervised way, but they have the responsibility, the patient ownership, that really mirrors what we do as pediatricians. So they have their own patients. There are no interns on the team. They're guided by a second-year pediatric resident who is also beginning to learn new skills, how to lead, how to teach, how to supervise. And then they work with a faculty mentor who really guides them all around learning the discipline of pediatrics, but most importantly, the act of pediatrics. How do you communicate to patients? How do you use your knowledge to ensure that the care of that patient, the care of that child, is the best that it can be? Mm -hmm. So it's really an opportunity for students to see pediatrics as it really is and to do it. As it is, yeah, and they say that in the in the in the sessions and the meetings I sit in because they love that responsibility, they love that autonomy, and they feel nurtured, they feel supported by the second year resident as well as the attending. But it's very unique that they do get to they get to be like I don't know what the correct term like pseudo interns, or they get to be almost like the interns on the team. They're the first line of seeing the patient. Uh, coming up with formulations, present it to their, their team, and, and, and things like that. I know the med students really love that experience here consistently year after year. I've heard Glasgow team, Glasgow, Glasgow team. So going back to EPAC, would the Glasgow team kind of be kind of folded within that experience, would you say? or Well, one of the things about the Glasgow team that really made Utah an exceptionally uh, important site, I would say, for EPAC is the fact that we already had that experience ingrained in our medical education. So for us to begin to say, we're going to give students responsibility experiences early in their training was very easy for us because, in point of fact, on this Glasgow team, as I mentioned, there are no interns. Mm -hmm. The students work like interns. 
Excellent. So consequently, they get a level of responsibility at an earlier stage of their training that is exactly congruent with what the goals of EPAC are. Awesome. We want the students to learn and all of these things about pediatrics at a much earlier stage so that when they get to residency or the traditional residency point, they will be very effective. Mm -hmm. And we can, in fact, give them greater levels of responsibility and expectation than they would normally have in a traditional training system. Let's talk about that point. I'm a medical student. It's my fourth year. I'm interested in the program here. What do you look for in med students when they start applying to the residency program? Well, we look primarily, I would say, for three things. We look for capacity. And what capacity really is, it's not just simply based on board scores. It's really the one's ability to grasp all of the things that it means to be a physician. Communication skills, reliability, responsibility, accepting responsibility, understanding expectations, and then adding to that a knowledge base that enables them to work well in a fairly demanding environment. When you think about the care of children, there's a tremendous expectation and responsibility built into that. So we look for capacity. We look for collegiality because so much of medicine now is a team activity, very different from what it was when I began medical school many years ago. There, the physician was a singular individual who made the decisions. Now the decisions are really made by a team involving all members of the team. And so we look for people, for residents who can really work well in the team environment. And then I look for individuals who really want to be in this program. And there's really two parts to that. One is to take advantage of the things that are out there about living in Utah, and I think life in Utah is wonderful, whether it's skiing at Alta, boarding at one of the places. Mm -hmm. Biking, like, hiking, biking, yeah. hiking, all of those Tons things. Tons of stuff to do. Going yeah. to Pioneer Theater, going mm -hmm. to Ballet West, going to the symphony. Because my feeling has always been that when you do those things and understand those things that bring you rebalance, you are a better physician because you come to your workday with a balance, a perspective in your life that's very important. And then part of wanting to be here is the opportunities that we provide in our program and in our community to make a difference, to give back to the community, to give back to the program, mm -hmm. help the program grow, create new programs within the community, get involved in advocacy activities like a new seatbelt law or a new booster seat law or new laws that will enable children to be healthier mm -hmm. as adolescents and as adults. So these are the kinds of things that we really look for. We want people who will be engaged mm -hmm. in what we do here. Yeah. And we have a remarkable array of things that they can do in our program. It sounds like it's – well, it's just not a program. It sounds almost like a lifestyle or like a belief. You know, it, it sounds so – I mean, it just sounds so powerful, the, what you're looking for. Um, let's talk numbers. I mean, how many positions do you have a year and how many people roughly interview for those positions? So typically in our program, we'll have about 20 what are called categorical pediatric residents per year. And what the categorical means is they're specifically doing pediatric training that leads to – board qualification, board eligible with the American Board of Pediatrics, and that's a three-year program. So typically we'll have 20 trainees per year. We've been anywhere from 19 to 22. We like that number because it enables everyone in our program to know everyone. Again, going back to the importance of the team concept. For those 20 positions, we will see about 200 applicants from all over the country. If you look at our program currently as an example, we have about 62 pediatric residents and they represent medical schools from 29 different states, many of whom are from Utah, because we find the Utah students very appealing mm -hmm. for what we just talked about earlier, and that is the Glasgow experience. Mm -hmm. The Glasgow experience, whether they stay here at Utah or go to a residency program anywhere in the country, prepares them so well 
that all programs in the country understand that Utah students are truly terrific interns. Fantastic. And do most of the rotations happen here at Primary Children's Hospital, or where do, you, uh, where do the residents usually rotate at? What kind of sites do you have here? So the predominant site is here at Primary Children's. Mm-hmm. They will do nursery experiences at the university because that's where the delivery service is. They'll work on our newborn intensive care unit to see premature babies and all the diseases of prematurity. They'll work on our newborn unit. And then we have sites like the university clinic where they'll learn outpatient experiences or do outpatient experiences. They work at South Main Clinic in the middle of the valley, which is a wonderful partnership between the departments of pediatrics and obstetrics and the Utah Valley Health Department to provide care to individuals that otherwise might not get care. So it's a terrific place for the residents to work, to see these things. We have residents out in the community. Many choose to be in private practice, and we offer them opportunities to work in a private practice clinic so that they understand what that is like. And then, of course, we offer all kinds of elective experiences. We offer advocacy experiences that they can work with talented people both here at Primary Children's and within the community to understand those things that you do to help children. Mm -hmm. And we have more than 30 electives within the program that really enable them to be all over. We offer, for example, an elective experience with the Navajo Nation. Interesting. Go down and work in Blanding, Utah, to really understand what that culture and nation is all about, and in many ways to serve and hopefully to make a difference. Mm -hmm. What are some of the more popular electives? Well, I would say that our global health program right now that we offer is one of the most popular. It is a longitudinal curriculum that runs through three years of the program. We have several faculty mentors who are passionate about global health. Mm -hmm. They work with our residents. They travel with them to places like Ghana, Nepal, India, Guatemala, and Colombia, where residents can go and really truly learn what it is like to provide service and to see patients in Mm -hmm. an entirely different environment and to learn and grow from that experience. Yeah, that's that sounds wonderful because like it sounds like you get a very strong local experience, but there's also opportunity to go abroad and and learn from other systems and can contribute to the overall knowledge. That's beautiful. So, where do residents end up after they graduate this program? Where 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 are they? What are their trajectories? Yeah. If you look at our graduates over the last ten years or so, you'd see that about sixty percent of them will end up in a general pediatric practice. Now, many of those may be in an outpatient environment. Literally from coast to coast, we have graduates in Connecticut all the way to Washington State and Oregon. And then about 40% of them will choose to do additional training, a fellowship, to then begin to learn the skills and knowledge and abilities that you need to be an effective subspecialist. We like that balance. It keeps us focused on all aspects of pediatrics as a program. And we find that our graduates are very competitive for jobs all over the country, no matter what they choose to do. What else is on the horizon for the, de- for the program or the department? Where, where do you see this program going? Well, all programs in the country have been through, really, I would say, incredible changes over the last four years. The first of these came in 2011 with the changes in the duty hour requirements, mm-hmm. very different than the way I trained. Mm-hmm. The second thing that happened in 2013 is that they changed some of the requirements. Now, fortunately, we were very thoughtful in how we revised the program for our duty hour changes in 2011 so that when the 2013 changes came, we really didn't need to do very much. We had already created tremendous flexibility within the program. I would say right now we're in a state of kind of steady state for the program. We're quite comfortable with the changes we've made. We've received great feedback from our residents and from our faculty about these changes. So we're now in a position right now where I don't anticipate huge changes, at least in our program. Now around us, there are incredible changes, Mm -hmm. many of which we don't know how to really predict the effect of. 
The unknown know, unknowns. The unknown <laughs> of what's going to happen around yeah. the Affordable Care Act, mm-hmm. changes in health care. We've already seen, for example, a dramatic change just within the last year of growth in health care, a good change that we're seeing perhaps a slower growth in the cost of health care. Well, we need then to prepare residents who are really ready to move into that kind of system, mm-hmm. to understand how to provide very effective, high-quality care in a different kind of environment, perhaps more ambulatory-based, to use all kinds of individuals in new and different ways, use our mid-level providers, our nurse practitioners, our physician assistants in new and different ways. Pediatricians will remain a very essential part of that, no matter what they end up doing. So we have to really be fairly nimble as a program Mm -hmm. to be ready for those changes, to provide the residents, our graduates, with the skills they need to meet a changing environment. If I look back in my own 30 years of a career, I would say it is remarkably different now than when I started. Mm -hmm. We anticipate the same for our graduates. They need to be ready. Well, I think you're doing a great job, Dr. Bill, and I really appreciate the time you gave me today to talk about the pediatric program, the future EPAC. It just sounds like it's it's going to be amazing, and uh, I really appreciate your time. Well, you're very welcome. Thank you, Dr. Thank you. Bell. Thanks for listening to Talking Admissions and Med Student Life with Dr. Benjamin Chan, the ultimate resource to help you on your journey to and through medical school. A production of the Scope Health Sciences Radio, online at thescoperadio.com.